Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Planet Sharks. I am so excited to welcome you and start this amazing series with this first episode. I'm starting this podcast because I used to have difficulties falling asleep, and for years and years, I let the most stupid things in the world bother me and keep me up at night. After spending some time thinking about these things and observing people around me, I tried to experiment many different approaches to each challenge in my life. I have had a lot of fun and pissed a lot of people off too. In this podcast, I am going to share with you the stories, tactics, and solutions that you can use and apply in your own life as well. Hope that this podcast will help you fall asleep a little easier at night. And/or stay a little bit more productive during the day. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the power of assertiveness. As you already know, our world today is passive, 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 and sometimes even worse, it could be passive aggressive. In this episode. I'm going to talk to you about how to use passive aggressiveness to protect yourself effectively. On top of showing you how to be passive aggressive, I am going to talk to you about how to be assertive when you want to do the right thing. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. It's called Planet Sharks. If you're listening on iTunes, check out my YouTube channel. All my social media handles are Lulu from Mars. Find me there and tell me your stories. Okay, to start off today's episode, I want to tell a story that could have a different ending if you were the protagonist. It's cold outside, dangerously cold. A poor little girl. Sits on the sidewalk selling matches, with her feet too tired to walk. She holds out her frostbitten hands to pedestrians walking by, unsuccessfully tempting them with her matches. No one is buying them. No one notices her. It's true on the sidewalk. It's true at home. Desperate for warmth and love. She lights her remaining matches, each time hallucinating what a life full of love and safety would be like. Her dreams are so wonderful that she doesn't want to leave them, so she doesn't. She is found the next morning, dead from the cold, with a smile on her face. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Where are the child protective services? Why doesn't she have a marketing plan? Did she even talk to people, or at least use social media? Hashtag buy my matches, or I will die. I say this because if you look past the gruesome sadness of this story, you see in her failure a shadow of what we all fear: 
the ending could have been different. What could you do differently? The answer is simple. It's assertiveness. Imagine if she opens up to communicating her ideas. She can tell people what she's looking for. There's much value in being assertive. In any situation, as long as you communicate with assertiveness and good intention, it is always possible to get what you want. There are misconceptions about assertiveness. Let's use a process of elimination here. Being assertive is neither passive nor aggressive. It is a healthy balance between both. It is important to note, however, that passive-aggressive behavior is ill-mannered. Passive-aggressive is far from assertive. We'll talk more about how they differ from each other, yet how they're both tools that can help you with staying strong and taking calculated risks in given opportunities. Passiveness. Is the worst kind of reaction to anything that you can have, because you are essentially giving away all of your power. You're withdrawing voluntarily from a position that you hold dearly to your heart, but keeping it locked safely. No one can ever help you get what you want because they would have zero chance to get to know what it is that you truly desire. I really don't like to talk too much about passiveness. It is everybody's default mode. We are familiar with it. We naturally gravitate towards protecting ourselves and avoiding pain. Do you ever see a needle and think, "Gotta prick my finger on that"? No, because you, like everyone, avoids pain. You never learned passiveness in a classroom. It just comes naturally. Lots of you are being passive day in and day out in situations where you should be assertive. You have many opportunities to be assertive. Most of you choose to be passive because it is safe, and you want to protect where you stand in a given relationship. So here's something that I did on my first job. Right out of college, it was an entry-level position on Wall Street. I was working as a financial analyst. Like many entry-level analyst jobs, my days involved staring at spreadsheets, crunching numbers, bullshitting PowerPoint presentations, and most importantly, doing FaceTime with the almighty managers. In return for these many downsides, I had a good income. I felt like a cog, though, doing the repetitive motions, easy and automatic, to keep the big machine running. There's not a ton of creativity to a job like that. I was reporting to a female boss. You know the colleague that fake laughs at every joke that anyone says in the office? That was her on a light day. She was usually ten times worse. Her need to constantly please other people to fake her feelings is such a sign of insecurity. Afraid of what others will think of her, she tries to be the nice boss, the cool boss, the chill boss. But everyone can sense her weakness, 
and they use that to their advantage when they can. It was an unproductive office. Not only was she a people pleaser, but she felt the need to micromanage. So agonized was she at what others would think of her if a project wasn't fully dictated by her. There was this one project. Our team worked hard on a 200-page PowerPoint presentation, and spent hours and weeks working on it. We all agreed on a final version a couple of days before it was due, and sent it to her for the last check. Instead of feeling any kind of celebration, we all felt dread in the pit of our stomachs. Our team knew what was next, and sure enough, at midnight. The night before it was due, I got an email from her. She wanted to know why I had chosen to make a table blue, on page one twenty-seven. Why not make it a more powerful color, like red? She was suggest unhelpfully. She then asked me at all hours of the night to change something mindless like this. Sometimes it manifested as changing a triangle to a circle, on page ninety-nine. Or change a dot to a dash on page one o nine. It was a nightmare. Six months into this bad dream of reporting to her, I finally had the opportunity to speak with a senior partner of the firm. You see, it was time for annual reviews. This means that employees could give feedback to the bosses. I could, in theory, ask for a change, but I was worried. What if my boss finds out? What if she makes my life more miserable? What if I get fired? Will being assertive alleviate my sleepless nights or increase them? I had a choice to be passive or assertive. When the senior partner sat down in front of me and asked me, "How are you doing? How was your experience at the firm?" I found myself frozen. Now is the time. Tell him what happens behind the veils. Tell him what my boss's inability to lead her team effectively. My stupid mouth stayed shut. I couldn't say a thing. I was so afraid of making myself look bad, or getting into trouble, or being told I wasn't a team player. I did what many have done before. I took the path of the least resistance. I lied. Everything's great. You have nothing to worry about," I told him with a big smile and some laughter. Later that week, I found out three of my teammates spilled the beans about our horrible boss. I was desperate to know if they were fired as a result of it. They got transferred, a colleague told me. In fact, they got transferred to a great team with great projects, much more support. And of course, higher salary and bonus. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was so unfair. So there you have it. I afraid of imaginary retribution that might happen. Stayed passive and nothing changed. I was still unhappy. My boss situation was still hellish. My former teammates, on the other hand, chose to be assertive. And got a brighter outcome. Society tends to reward those who are assertive. It tends to fail to notice or help the passive. 
I didn't have the guts to tell anyone the truth of my situation, like the little match girl. I did hope for a magical rescue, and daydreamed better things at my desk. So now that you are convinced that being passive is disadvantageous for your careers, your relationships, and your life in general, there's the opposite state of what's being described as aggressive. It's easy to confuse aggression from assertiveness. They sound similar, but aggression is a lot easier to achieve than assertiveness. Remember when we were little, our parents would tell us to share, to not hit, don't yell. They were teaching us to control our aggressive tendency. You could ask for a toy. You could tell somebody to stop doing something. You carry this lesson with you to adulthood. But it is so trying from time to time. It is hard to believe. Some of the messed up stories that happen in the office. I am about to tell you some of these stories. They sound crazy, but they are true. Just in this past year, in 2017, there's a man called Lewis Williams from New Jersey. He was arrested for having been ejaculating his employer's coffee for the past four years. Lewis Williams. Involuntarily, I guess, works for Linda Moore for the past four years. He is her personal assistant, and Linda Moore is the president of the Danco Engineering firm. As her assistant, Lewis runs her errands, makes her schedule, and of course, including getting her daily coffee. Since Lewis hates Linda, he has been taking his aggression out on her. Through this nasty way, one day in the office, Lewis and Linda were arguing, and Lewis could not help it anymore. He said it with pride: "I have been ejaculating in your coffee for hundreds of times." Linda was of course extremely angry. His coworkers were shocked. Lewis was arrested immediately on site. Many charges, including sexual assault. Were filed against him. This is a case of aggression. There should be no doubt about what this is. It is a hundred percent aggression and zero percent assertiveness. The difference between aggression and assertiveness is not usually as extreme, and you are able to spot the difference quite easily. On the West Coast in 2017. Something similar happened as well. A woman in the valley won a lottery of over three million dollars. She worked as a delivery woman, and she won the lottery on a Friday night. On the next Monday morning, she showed up to work and delivered her last package. It was hot, warm, sitting on her boss's desk. Her company and her boss had no idea what was coming. Her manager interviewed afterwards and said, "I knew something was wrong when I came back for lunch, because the door was locked. I slowly opened the door and saw the woman with her pants around her ankles hunched over on my desk, dropping a massive poo on my desk. 
the woman said on her arrest later, that it was worth it. She said, "I've been putting up with that guy's shit for years. It's time he put up with some of mine." Well, isn't that a gloomy thought? In fact, the outcome is gloomy for these people. They were both arrested on the spot. Think about the time when you reacted aggressively towards someone, or when someone reacted aggressively towards you. Aggressiveness is generally bad because it is overreacting in a situation. But on the other hand, if you have an awful boss that you put up with for many years, and on one day you do win a huge lottery that changes your life. Would I recommend you to control your aggression towards your boss? Honestly, I am not sure. Logically, it makes sense that would be the right thing to let it go, let go of the past. If such good luck really happens to you, I feel that you should do whatever that makes you happy, whatever you want to do, keeping in mind that you're responsible for your actions. And if you're being too aggressive, overly aggressive, you might be arrested. I trust that you know what to do. These are quite extreme cases. There are aggressive people. There are passive people, and then there are the worst passive aggressive people. This is the most frustrating personality to deal with. In some ways. This personality type is genius. Passive aggressive is far from assertive, but man, it is an effective weapon to protect yourself with. This weapon has become prevalent in our lives. If you don't know how to use it as a tool to your advantage, you are the victim of other people's passive aggressiveness. Now, I'm going to teach you. How to accomplish the perfect passive-aggressive personality? Here's what happens when you are passive-aggressive. Remember, you are always the victim. Did someone take the assignment you really wanted? Yes, that does make them an evil person. How dare they hinder your obvious genius with that subject matter? You could have blown everyone away with the finished product. But now you're forced to be part of a team of someone who obviously wants to thwart you. You're probably not the boss in this situation. Otherwise, you have no reason to be passive aggressive. Just saying. So, as someone with limited power, you can still do little things to make your enemy know they messed with the wrong person. A misplaced USB, a tepid coffee, accidentally jamming the printer with their report. A thousand little cuts, and a thousand ways to be passive aggressive. If you want to be passive aggressive, you first must decide that you are committing to it. Making that decision is the first step. Like we talked about, passive aggressive is a great tool to protect yourself from enemies, but use it sparingly with your partners and people that you trust and care. I would recommend to avoid being passive aggressive at all to your partners. With that being said, once you decide that a person in your life deserves your attitude, you can kickstart the torturing process of phasing this person out from your life. 
Second step, you must take the time to listen to the person you wish to aim your behavior at. What do they want from you? Now that you know, you can go out of your way to deny them their desire. Are they looking for more hours at work from you? Find reasons to leave early. Is she looking for a compliment from you? Mention that her dress looks a little tighter than usual. Third step: find reasons to rationalize why you are withholding what they want from you. Politely, ideally, you will come up with multiple reasons. The more reasons, the better, because more reasons quickly confuse the hell out of people. Last step: you gotta have something in return for giving what your opponent wants. So make your demands now. If your opponent shows any sign of ignorance at your demands, it's time to ask this person to drink their own Kool-Aid, because this favor will never happen. Would you like some examples to make you confident that you can be passive-aggressive too? This is what I'm here for. Take this hypothetical scenario for example. You have a nice house on the hills overlooking the city. It's the perfect spot for an overnight party. The view is gorgeous, and you have no neighbors. It's the basketball season. Your school's team is killing it. Your team won the state championship, and your team captain is organizing a party to celebrate. You are a water boy on the team. You've been around handing out water bottles and cleaning up for two years. No one ever spoke kindly to you. Some students made fun of your big ears and your love for Star Trek. The team captain failed to acknowledge your existence until he learns that your house is the perfect spot for this party. So he comes over to you and says, "Hi, Joe. Heard that you have a rat house." He says that as if you were best friends. Well, you know the team wants to celebrate on Saturday night. You would be the perfect guy to host this. If you let us know your address, we'll see you there at ten. You see red. You are screaming on the inside. You feel violated. What do you do? You follow the four-step process on how to be passive-aggressive and do what I tell you to do. Step one. You show no sign of emotion. Don't get angry or act upset. Be matter of fact. Step two: Observe what he wants and crush his demands. In this case, the bargain is clear. They want to trash your house for one night. That's your chips on the table, and you withhold them. You say, "Congratulations! Didn't know you could have pulled that off. Great job." Well, my place is already spoken for on Saturday. Step three: After you crush the demand, you give reasons why it must be crushed. The more reasons, the better. You will confuse them real fast. Quantity trumps quality here. The more bizarre your reasons are, the more likely it will put them into a shock. Now, explain why your house is too good for this party. You say. I rent just a few rooms in my house to celebrities over the weekends. Usually, we're very busy. I cannot tell you who they are, but they are booked up by artists, painters, comedians, and songwriters. I don't mind these people coming over because I charge a good penny for it. 
But this weekend, someone is renting my house, and they plan to burn it down for fireworks. It's totally fine, no big deal, and they pay me for it. To be honest, though, I would rather not having to rebuild the place. So if you want to make me an offer for using my place, I will consider it. By now, your captain's jar might fall off. It's been hanging open so long. He's trying to process the reasons you just gave him. This is the perfect time to ask for what you want. Step four: Name your demands to make exchange. You say, "Well, you must have a budget of parties like this. I can take a look at it and find some options for you that you can afford. For this time, I guess I can take one for the team and host this one for free. For our future parties, I think I will be the best person to manage the team's budget." That way, we'll definitely have the best location always and the most popping parties. Once you tell him that, it will sound like it really makes sense. He will agree to let you manage the team's finances, and that you will have a voice, a powerful voice, on the team. Even though you may not play basketball well, people will know that you are there and that you are important. You should see passive aggression as a tool. It's much more of a short-term transaction or give and take than assertion will accomplish in the long term. What is being assertive? Assertive has traditionally been described as standing up for yourself. The correct way to interpret assertiveness is the lack of self-consciousness. It is the feeling that you don't care about what others think of you. The styles that we have gone through so far are not assertive. Passive is hiding away from the problem. Aggressive is making your position known regardless of the context that you are in. It's simply following your animal instinct. And I just showed you the tools and cautions for passive aggressive. The perks of these three types of mindset is that they require zero to very little practice or commitment. They come, for the most part, naturally. Being assertive, though, is a lifestyle. It requires continuous practice and commitment. Practice assertiveness every moment. Live in it. Breathe it like air wherever you go. For most people, when you feel that your assertiveness is challenged, it happens when you feel less than. For example, at a workplace, it happens when you talk to a supervisor. Peers, or a large group of people, it hardly ever occurs when you talk to your subordinates. The first step to gain control in a situation like this is to be aware, but not self-conscious. Be aware that you are about to feel timid and uncomfortable. Slow down your actions from there. When you are nervous, you tend to talk faster and say unnecessary things. Remember the last time you bleated out something that you regret when you were nervous? It always happens, and it happens to everyone. So slow down your actions as well as your thoughts. Notice the racing thoughts that are going through your mind. Imagine them as noise. You are not going to voice any of them. It will quickly become clear which thoughts are the important ones. Breathe deeply. Keep a confident body posture. 
and your thoughts will sort themselves out. There are many situations where being assertive has consequences. You're probably confused with whether you should do it or not. You should honestly ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? If the worst-case scenario is more impactful than the rewards of you being outspoken, then you will slow down and think it over more than twice. Because once something is said, you can never take it back. Evaluating what rewards are worthwhile is the most difficult part of all of this. You will have a confidence boost immediately, of course, and what long-term rewards will they be? Your boss might see you as more innovative and creative when you speak up. You might get promoted. A woman you like might realize she's happy you made the first move. You might get your grades changed and, as a result, get an internship because of your now higher GPA. For most of us, we only see the short-term rewards and forget about the long-term rewards. You gotta let yourself imagine what long-term rewards there are. Comparing the worst-case scenario to only the short-term benefits means you will be less assertive than you should be. When you really think about the long-term rewards, you will be more compelled to speak up. All right, guys, this is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in and staying through the entire episode. I trust that you're feeling sleepier and that you will wake up stronger in the morning. Please leave me a review and let me know what you like about this podcast and what you would like to hear more about. You can also send me a direct message on social media. My handle again is Lulu for Mars, and you can go to my website at luluformars.com. Click on contact me. You can share your story there with me. I'm looking for muses. Those are your stories of what keeps you up at night and how you overcome it. Have a wonderful day or night, and talk to you again in the next episode.